0: The fourth quarter of Super Bowl 58 was Travis Kelsey's quarter, and it got him into overtime. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. Appreciate you guys joining us from around the world. This is part of Locked on Podcast Network, and that means your team every single day on every platform. We start right here on YouTube where you can like and sub and hit that bell so you get notifications of new content. And then we move on to Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms where you can get us 24-7, five days a week, always free, everywhere that you can go. If you have an audio platform you like, you will find us there for free because we do this every single day for you guys. And we appreciate you every day. dayers who listen every single day. You're going to get five shows a week. You're going to get some extra content as well. And you can get even more over on the text line at 816-357-8781. As we get ready, we are breaking down every quarter of this Super Bowl, including overtime, which will be coming on our next show. But today, it's about how they get to the overtime to get this win, and it comes down to a couple of things. It is about making sure you have complimentary football, and the aggressive nature of the Chiefs defense in the fourth quarter pays huge dividends. On top of that, there are a number of special teams plays, including the game-turner, that happened in order to set up this run for a tie ball game in regulation. And it all starts, as it always should in this particular case, Mahomes to Kelsey getting the job done. No play in this game really stands out for the fact that Travis Kelsey got up to a speed he hasn't reached in three seasons on this particular play. It's a 22-yard catch where he just runs a slant across the face of Warner. He gives him a little stutter to the outside, Cuts to the inside, and he is off to the races. I uh, We have plenty to talk about on this play, but how surprising is it to you that he gets up to over 19 miles an hour for a guy his size at, at his age who started the season missing a ball game with a bad knee?
1: At his age, I'm calling it 20 miles an hour. Um, I'm going okay. to <laughs> round up for him. Uh It was a fantastic play by him, and so for him to be able to run away from Warner, who's one of the best linebackers in the NFL – it uh, has speed to burn himself. Uh It's a fantastic play by Kelsey and it, it goes further than just the speed. It's also the knowledge of where he is on the field and the, the knowledge of, I need to go out of bounds. I'm going to try to get as much yardage as I can, but I am not turning this back inside because if I get tackled,
0: <laughs> I have to take
1: a timeout and it limits what you can do at that point. So he goes out of bounds and, you know, it, 10 seconds left in the game, they get one more shot at the end zone before the game uh, tie and field goal. So uh, it's, it's him being selfless too because you know how mad he had to have wanted to try to score a touchdown in that moment. But he looked at it and said, nope, gonna do what's right for the team. I'm gonna do what needs to be done. And uh, his hustle on that play to get them down to where they had a chance at scoring a touchdown before the kicking the field goal. Uh, I mean, that is a big play.
0: Yeah, it, it's enormous. And it kind of shows everything that Travis Kelsey is about. It's not just the fact that he is, I mean, despite his age, an excellent athlete at the position. It's more about the fact that he sets up the route. They, they'd they come off a play earlier where he had done a very, very nice job. Uh, and that, I think, probably aids in this particular. But being able to sell the outside portion of the release and cut it back underneath, you can see that Warner was caught off a little bit, guard, a little bit on his heels in the change of direction phase. And that's something that, uh, as we go through the years of the draft, uh, Fred Warner was very, very high on the change of direction. Very few guys at the linebacker position have scored better than him in his change of direction matrix. Willie Gay happens to be one of them. We'll talk about Willie coming up next week. But that aside is just the fact that not only does he get the release – But he's running so that he gets a block. He picks one up. uh, No grace coming off on on what mostly you're going to call that a rub route. He does avoid him, so there's no contact. But he turns it up, and it's not just about trying to make a play. It's trying to stretch that play out. And my favorite thing about it is at the very end, he delivers the blow. Classic old school, you're not tackling me. I'm running you over, and I might fall down in the process.
1: Yeah, and it looked like he paid for it a little bit because he got up a little (laughs) slow after that. But, uh, you know, you look at it, and the thing that really sticks out to me, I mean, we can talk about the play in more detail, but the reality is they get the ball with 16, or they are at the point where they're at the, what, 33-yard line with 16 seconds to go. And this play takes six seconds. Uh, I mean, you're setting yourself, you're in field goal range. You feel like you're in Buckers' range at this point. So anything you're trying is, is gonna see can you get into a point where you can score and, and maybe um you know score a touchdown and win the game right there. But 16 seconds to go and your two best players on offense take over and deliver and give you a chance to score a touchdown right afterwards. Obviously it didn't work out and that's a whole different topic, but putting yourself in the position to have that chance. To be able to go for it and have the timeout and say, okay, well, now we have the chance to go for the win. Uh, let's dial up our best play and try to go for the win. Obviously, it didn't work out, but to give yourself that chance is huge, especially considering where they started that play and how long that took. that play took to develop because he is running across the field as he's doing it.
0: Yeah. It, it's a long route. We have to be honest. that That's probably what lets him get to that point. But it's not the only play of the quarter either. Like This this quarter became Travis's. That's <laughs> the, the highlight play. It, it was nuts. But it also comes down to the fact that he was starting to get chunks. It, it had been, obviously, a very quiet first half, a little frustrated, starts to come on in the third. In the fourth here, he gets this giant play uh, that, that takes them down in scoring position, but also had uh, another chunk of 16, and another chunk of 13, again, against Warner, that I think really lead to the the culmination of them feeling that they are in this, that they can go take this back and not just get to the point where they can take a lead or, or put points on the board, but continue to accelerate through. And I think that all comes back to Travis Kelsey and his energy and his performance in this quarter. It was all about him for me
1: we will discuss in the second segment what <laughs> a, a play that I think you that you're leaving out but I agree I mean this was a huge play it was it was definitely one of the biggest plays in the quarter uh and he took over in the fourth quarter and that's exactly what you need from your stars uh, and he delivered and you know we're not talking about him right now but Chris Jones did the same thing in the fourth quarter Trent McDuffie did the same thing in the fourth quarter we'll be talking about those guys later um you know the reality is, is your stars have to take over when the game is on the line, and this was when the game was on the line, and Travis Kelsey has done that time and time again for Kansas City. And he did say on his podcast that that route it was similar to what they ran in one against the Chargers a couple of years ago when they were in L.A., um, where it was the long – I don't I remember how long of it was. It was over 30 yards, I think, uh, where he scored the touchdown. Obviously, against Stormer James, he didn't get the touchdown this time, but I uh, got him in the position to be able to kick the, an easier field goal and maybe have a chance to win.
0: Yeah. Uh, And to be clear, I was talking about the offensive, all about Travis, uh, because you're right. I'm going to come back to the defense every time. Before we do that, it's about a singular play that let the special teams chip away at this lead in order to get to overtime. That missed PAT was the turning point we're going to get there next here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Are you the kind of driver that wants to push things a little bit farther? Ever wonder what that adventure could be just around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. And it starts with the 2024 Nissan Rogue, perfect for city driving where you want to make that great escape. It's class exclusive, Google built in, so you always have your assistant, Almost for anything that you're looking for, gone are the days of connecting your phone and trying to get your assistant or Maps or the Google Play Store to work. It's on a 12.3 HD touchscreen infotainment system, and it's all in the 2024 Rogue. It's perfect mid-size crossover for all of your adventures. And then you can get with my favorite, the Nissan Pathfinder. Back and room for eight and expansive cargo capacity. The advanced availability, four by four capability is really what you want. And it's 284 horse with 6,000 pounds of towing power. An adventure calls for everybody, and Pathfinder is there to answer that call. Get the Nissan Rogue, the Pathfinder, or even the Nissan Armada and go on your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. If you have not seen, a 24-7 feed that gives you all of your favorite Locked On shows yet. It is called Locked On Sports Today, and it will give you just that, plus us and a whole other bunch of shows that you want to get in on. So make sure that you check that out. You can just search Locked On Sports Today and get that sub going. We appreciate it. And it it leads us towards part of our team continuing to press and do well. And this team had to do that. And it's, it's a quarter that saw this team score three field goals in order to push it to overtime. That's significant, but it pales in comparison to the one thing that allowed that to mean it, and that is a play that came after you gave up a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and give flowers to Chanel. He probably he probably eat him or, or destroy him, but give flowers to Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> it just that guy is amazing. Uh, his ability and and. It's crazy because you watch how he develops all season last year and he doesn't really do much. And then the Super Bowl, he makes big plays. And he did the same thing this year. I And I'm not saying he didn't do anything during the regular season, but you start looking at how he has progressed into the Super Bowl and you don't expect the contributions that he was able to give you and the big plays that he was able to make for you in the Super Bowl. And he had two of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl. Uh, he had the first quarter's biggest play. And I think you can easily make an argument that he had the, the fourth quarter's biggest play. I agree with you. I think Travis's play was huge, but without Leah Chanel and blocking that kick, there's no overtime. Chiefs have to go for a touchdown and either they win or they lose right there.
0: Yeah. And, and it's all set up based on the way that this fourth quarter starts. Obviously the, the play that we talked about yesterday in MDS um, being open because of Kels and, and, taking that point right there that's just before this first drive of the second uh, i'm sorry of the fourth quarter for the niners where they actually roll 14 plays and it's like oh yeah hey we're not done yet either says san francisco but it comes down to yes uh you know it, it ends in like a, a minus one yard run and a four yard pass and a, and a one yard run to get in um i'm sorry before that 10 yard pass to Jennings. All that said, you just gave up 13 plays. In the the end, you had to do something to make the difference, and it is that one play by Chanel, although I will give uh, Pharrell credit. He was in there as well. Uh, A number of guys were actually getting great push on this particular play. But it's that ball. hit Pharrell as well, I think. I I agree. Um, It was officially credited with with Leo Chanel, just so everybody knows. Uh, But that play, knocking a point off the board, allows this to be a game that – Uh, Bucker can do his thing and put up three field goals to get it to that tie. And you have no idea how
1: it's going to end up when that play happens. Like, you have no idea what's going to come. You have no idea how it's going to affect the game, but it doesn't matter. You play all out on every single play. And that's what Chanel does on every single play. And, you know, Justin Reed, we've seen him come around the edge too, trying to block stuff. I mean, you go all out as a team. And even on routine plays, like APAT who a lot of people don't think really matter in the NFL and that should be getting rid of this is why it shouldn't be you can make plays and it can be on the biggest stage and it can mean
0: everything because in this game it did it certainly did um this this is this is culminates in four field goals for Harrison Booker personally put 13 points on the board that's not something we're used to saying in this offense, as much as this has been a stream uh, about the the defense leading the way and the run game having to pick it up, having to rely on your kicker, it's lucky that they have Booker, but it's definitely atypical for this offense and, and this team in general.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that gets addressed in twenty in the offseason, and and we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But I agree with you. I mean, it's it's atypical, um, but you know what it really count what it really comes down to is. Once it turned into January, everything really changed with this offense. And, and I go back to what I said on Monday's show. Uh, to an extent, you watch the first quarter, and even some some of the second quarter, and you see some of the same inconsistencies that they're having early on in the season, having it in the first quarter. And then you go watch the third and the fourth, and it's kind of like the rest of the playoffs. To an extent, uh, they're making plays; they're able to do things. They're not. They're not. Uh, screwing themselves and beating themselves with negative plays or turnovers or, and yes, I know Mahomes threw an an interception, but it ended up not being a big deal. Um, Yeah. You don't want to do that, but it ended up not hurting them. That's, that's really what all this comes down to. And you and I talked about it all season. When you have those types of turnovers, as long as you're not putting your defense in a horrible position, you're probably going to be okay. And they were, they didn't put them in a horrible position and the defense was able to stand up and stop. So, uh you're in a great situation and they're able to turn everything over and and turn a new leaf in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl and that's how they got to a point where they had a chance to win the game in the fourth
0: and and credit I I don't usually talk about the broadcast but credit to this being such a good game in that there were five possessions in the fourth quarter and four of them scored the other was it was simply a kneel down because Kyle Shannon wanted to go to overtime um And and that's credit to the three field goals, uh, obviously one being for uh, the Niners, as as well as that touchdown. But the two that the Chiefs scored in order to get to that tie set up everything else. And this was, I think, why we saw the numbers for the broadcast be so good. But why I think that this one feels so much more different because it had to be a battle down to the tooth to get to the overtime. How did they get there? What helped them was the aggression on the defensive side as well. It set up some of these drives that culminated in points. And it limited everything else, including uh, the fact that the the other drives in this particular fourth quarter for the Niners ended in a field goal the second time, and and obviously the end of half there. How did they do that, and who stood out on the defensive side in this fourth quarter? That's right now on Locked On Chiefs. This segment is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Every now and then, you got to get things off your chest – Certain things start to add up and give you some anxiety, some things that you want to deal with. And especially helpful is if you can talk to someone who's unbiased and, and doesn't have any skin in the game. So today, this is how I really feel about what is about to happen for the Kansas City Chiefs, is a decision point. I don't want to have to choose between Chris Jones and Legerious Need. I want them to make it all good. I want to have the cake and eat it too and go for that three Pete. And sometimes things just build up that you get a little bit frustrated when you do. Therapy can be something to help you. Therapy is a different process for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems to deal with than our favorite sports team and what's going to happen in the offseason. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while and make sure that you're venting in a productive way. If you're thinking of starting therapy right now, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to fit your schedule and to be flexible. It's at betterhelp.com slash Locked On to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. This is my favorite part of the show, folks. Make sure that you (laughs) you join the Locked On Sports today. But this is where we talk defense. And I'll let you take the – I don't want to be called a homer, so you you go ahead and, and take the lead here. What was the play that stood out to you the most and really turned the tide on the defensive Uh, example of what they were doing.
1: If it's not for Kelsey's big quarter and it's not for Chanel's big play on on special teams, Trent McDuffie takes it and it's not even close. And I mean, that's just the reality is he took over and did something that he hadn't done. I don't think he'd really blitzed the entire game, Uh, but he disguised it well. You couldn't tell he was coming. And while I I do want to give Trent McDuffie credit for because it was a fantastic blitz, if you go rewatch that play, Dion Bush behind him sets him up just as well as Trim McDuffie does because he doesn't let on that he's coming up to try to fill. If he is, if he steps into it and gives any indication that he's trying to fill, then you have an idea that maybe McDuffie is blitzing and that changes everything in the play. But you're getting a, a guy that has been in the league for a very long time that does exactly what you need him to do, and he disguises it well enough, and it sets up Trent to be able to do what he does.
0: It it does, and this all comes back to Steve Spagnuolo for knowing how and when and where and why. It's There's always the conversation about is it X's nose or is it the Jim's and Joe's? And in this particular case, I think you have to decide that it's a bit of both because not only is, is the call to send that blitz perfectly timed, but it has to be executed on every single layer of the defense. Yeah, and and when I take a look at it, the the things that stand out to me, you certainly called it uh, with Dm Bush's refusal to give away the fact that he is backing up what is a twelve yard cushion on Iu out of the slot, a, a situation that if you're San Francisco, I'm sure you're pleased as punch to see, right? It it allows it- that play to happen.
1: Yeah, but he didn't go with there with the ball. Like he didn't. the The thing that really stands out to me on that play, McDuffie made a great blitz. Purdy couldn't make the throw. But what stood out to me is Purdy made the right wrong decision in my mind. I understand the the hot was Jennings. I get why he went to Jennings. But you're always taught you throw with the blitzer, and if you throw with the blitzer, that changes possibly what happens in that situation. And why it was such a big deal is because that is the last play that is the first play after the two-minute warning in the in the fourth quarter and if the Chiefs don't get a stop San Francisco gets a first down they probably run out the clock or get very close to running out the clock before they have to kick a field goal and the game ends with the Chiefs not even getting a chance to tie it send it to overtime
0: yeah and it leads so well to what I think Trent McDuffie really has shown us in these two seasons. And honestly, for a lot of people around the league, it's hard to remember that he he is only a second-year player in this yeah. league. Uh, and it's all not true. just uh, – yeah, all-pro second year. And it, it's not just that he has this natural ability and instinct for, for pass rushing, which he didn't actually get to use at Washington very much. That is all certainly true. But it's about his his cerebral attack of the play. And understanding that, especially when they approach the line a little bit early and they don't get the ball off as expected, he's still standing in a position where he hasn't given away. He hasn't turned his shoulders dramatically. He looks like he's taking a little bit of an inside stance to to keep that leverage for him. But he doesn't give away that he's coming because Dion is one thing behind him, but he's the guy that could give it away the most, especially when you're, oh, you're guarding absolutely. a guy like Ayuk. No, absolutely, so it's it's his patience and his stamina to do what he's been coached, to understand that he is the chess piece that is the attacker. He's the queen on this field right here. And that's, I think, a, a different level that we didn't expect him coming in.
1: And it's the quick twitch as well. I mean, it's it's the the second the ball is snapped, he's gone. Like, you can't delay on that at all, or you're not going to get there and you're not going to make that play. So it's it's everything. And then and then you talk about, and, and something we've talked about a lot at times, the football IQ of this entire roster, but it shows specifically on those two, those two players specifically right there. Dion Bush's football IQ to know the moment. Trim McDuffie's to know the moment as well. And I agree with you. I mean, Trim McDuffie he's the one that's going to tip it off the easiest. I'm just saying Bush made a good job of not giving any kind of tell at all because QBs are always going to be looking at safeties, trying to figure out what the defense is and what they're doing. Uh, so he's going to be looking there regardless.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's not to take away from the fact that his disguise of the blitz helped, but it's Spags making the aggressive call and it's the defensive lineman occupying the blockers because you do see the the, the, the call on the offensive line has to address everybody else, including Chris Jones, to take away and leave that alley. For McDuffie to attack through. That's just, it's just well designed all the way around and well executed. And it's that aggression that I think as we watched through the fourth quarter had to tick up and tick up and tick up. And that's Whoa. how they got to the point where they could come back.
1: And it's, it's the, I hate saying it this way, but it's the wavos to be willing <laughs> to do that. Well, No, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's the guts to be willing to send an all out pressure when the game is absolutely on the line. If they don't get a stop there, Game's probably over and they're not winning the Super Bowl. But Spaggs looked at it and it looked like from the setup of the defense, it looked like they were going to be playing off and they weren't going to be sending anybody. And he disguised it well enough to where McDuffie gets a free shot. And it doesn't matter how good of a throw uh, Purdy would have made on that because McDuffie got his hands up. Even if he wasn't going to get there, he was making sure that that ball wasn't getting past him. So, uh, you know, that was the other part of the heads-up play.
0: Yeah, it's it takes a village and on this particular play, everybody did everything right and it was the right call and it was aggressive enough to put a young player in in what I think as I'm re-watching it right now, as as we do this, I, I'm just seeing the fact that it's it's the surprise factor. It's seeing it out of the corner of the eye that the McDuffie's bearing down him. And I think he sped up his release, and I think that led to the off-target pass. It it all comes together to get the outcome that you need, and it just felt like When the Niners were starting to fade, the aggressive stance of the Kansas City Chiefs is what raised them up through this fourth quarter to get to overtime. And the crazy thing to me
1: is is he's throwing it to Jennings, and I don't even know who had Jennings on that play. Was it it Sneed? Or is it Watson? I mean, somebody has Jennings. Like, he's throwing it to the guy that's still covered. So, Mm -hmm. regardless, if McDuffie doesn't get there, the ball gets away, there's a decent chance that whoever's playing corner on that – on Debo at the time, I believe, is who he's throwing to, wasn't it? So I'm pretty sure that he – oh, no, it's Jennings. I'm sorry. I already said that. It's maybe not going to get complete regardless. So he's picking the wrong person to throw it to uh, because it was his hot read, and it makes it hard.
0: And I had to watch it again. It it was LeJerry Sneed on Jennings. Yeah. And that pushes us to the point Which makes you feel even better about it. Sorry. (laughs) Right, right. And mm-hmm. and again, I talked about this pregame that you're going to have times when you have LeJarrius and Dan Trent McDuffie on the same side of the ball, and that certainly is that situation where you can rely on Bush to take that, that vacated space away from the slot receiver knowing that you have LeJarrius on the outside. Yep. All that leads up to this ball game being tied, folks. As we end regulation here on our quarter-by-quarter recap of Super Bowl 58, we are now going to the penultimate period. We'll talk all about the overtime, the plays that are made, how they got there, and what turned the tide to get this Lombardi coming up on the next show. You can get all the information that you need, especially if anything breaks in the meantime, on our text line at 816-357-8781. Make sure that you like and sub and hit that bell. We appreciate you hanging with us. This is a lot of fun, and, and the detail that we go into here is something that we've been planning for quite a long time. It's going to culminate in the next show when we go to overtime, and, and hopefully with us, you know, hosting a little mini trophy or something, we'll see what we can put together. But we appreciate you spending your time with us. Make sure you like, sub, hit the bell, check out the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network, as well as the Lockdown Sports Today feed, which I think you are really going to enjoy. We are having a blast. It is approaching as we finish up this Super Bowl and look forward to the next phase of the offseason. This is the culmination. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for your support. You every day as we will see you next time, as well as everyone else. Thanks for joining us today.